From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. I used to live in South London, Stratum Common, in the 90s. I was signed to Peter Gabriel's label. It was a bold new world. And I used to love aping the English accent. I used to say, hello, Geza. And is it? And so I'm going to do everything I can to not do this in my next interview because I think maybe sometimes English people think you're making fun of them when you do that. But it's not. It's a celebration of Englishness is what it is because I love the English. They're cool, especially this guy, Gareth Ike. Gareth Ike is an activist, a singer-songwriter, an author of a former international beach soccer player and the presenter of Gareth Ike Tonight, a weekly uncensored current affairs show on the Iconic Network. He is here with us now. Gareth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers forever, mate, Geezer. All right, mate. I knew I would fail this test. It's too It's too tempting, mate. You know, I mean, easy. Um, it was, remember it. the streets, remember the streets, geezers need excitement. And if their lives don't provide it, they incite violence, common sense, mate, simple common sense. Remember that? I remember the streets. They had some really remember. nice tunes, actually, which I didn't think at the time. It was just kind of like a bit of a chav vibe. And then now right. you listen back and stuff, you're like, he wrote some really good lyrics, actually. Amazing. I thought he was like the poet laureate of the time for a minute there. I mean, he was just incredible. Mike Skinner, shout out. I wonder what he's doing now. And then came the Sleaford Mods. I remember my friend Ian from Gomez going, you got to hear Sleaford Mods. Uh, they're amazing. And I'm like, they're like, I'm like, are they like the streets? He he described them and he was like, yeah, they're like the streets, but they're more real. And at first glance, I saw what he was saying and I really got into the Sleaford Mods. And then disappointingly like almost all the other musical heroes of our time recently they were completely like go get jabbed mate and it was like wait what that's not punk rock what happened gareth what do you ever oh, think about mate. that like wh what's going on in our world it was crazy man and I, I there were so many things in that period of time like having played football and having played in bands i did not expect it to be footballers that were the ones standing up saying no and asking questions and and refusing to be jabbed and all this kind of stuff and it be you know rock stars and the establishment musicians being the ones telling you to go out and get jabbed and putting photos on their instagram of them having you know their, their sleeves rolled up it's just like a complete re reversal of what i expected to happen but um but i think what's happened a lot in in this kind of rock and roll so-called rock and roll sort of arena is everyone's kind of virtue signaling quite a lot they've become this kind of we're, we're the good guys we want to do what's good for people and so with with the whole covid nonsense that's how they framed it wasn't it you were protecting granny you were saving the kids you were doing this you were doing that you were you were letting people go back to normal if you just roll your sleeve up and it sort of was framed in such a way that you thought well i didn't i knew it was bollocks but you felt like you were doing the right thing and that's you know and that's what they did they, they pushed it and pushed it and now they they they, they must feel pretty foolish really I would hope they do, but it sort of seems like, you know, not too many people are doing an about face publicly, maybe privately they are. And then 
you always hear things like, oh, they got paid off or they're part of some big club. And and I don't know about that. What's your take on all that? Um, do you think there's like some club thing happening that we don't know about? And uh, or do you think it's just what you're saying before that they were virtue signaling and they were too weak minded to really see through it? Was it genuine would, or was there malice behind some of this stuff? I would say a bit of both, really. It depends who it is, how big a player you are. I mean, people like mm -hmm. like Pink, they, they were they were being sponsored by Pfizer on their Instagram to push the jab. And, it, you know, it says on it, sponsored by Pfizer. So you know that they're being paid money to push an experimental treatment on, on their fans, which is, you know, not a great long-term strategy in terms of record sales, I don't think. I'm not sure how many dead people buy records um mm. but i think there was there was you know there was a, a lot of you know darkness behind it at the top of the pyramid i, I would suggest the, just the idea of pushing an experimental treatment on anyone is just madness you I, mm. what, you know what were you thinking but what, what I've, I've seen um in terms of this kind of um you know sort of flip-flop um, when they've realized, I know like Piers Morgan and people like that did that, they said the science changed. Oh, I've changed my view because the science changed. It didn't, it didn't, the science never changed. The science was always the same, but that's the excuse that they give for the fact that they were completely wrong and they pushed something on people that they really shouldn't have done. Um, and you know, I, I, there's a lot of people I don't think will ever be forgiven for it. I don't see, um, a way back for a lot of people. It's a weird one, especially with like the punk rock aesthetic of, of anti-establishment and question everything, question authority. It's like, and in a band like Sleaford Mods who encapsulates that so well with their music, their music just kills on that level. I mean, in Rage Against the Machine in a different way also is, is great music. You can't fault it in terms of protest anthems that rock your face off. I mean they're great but you know it's just odd that they would lose those principles in in the time when it mattered most and go the other way like hard to the paint it's like silence would be one thing but when they they went hard to the paint like asking your fan base to get jabbed to come see you play is insane if, in hindsight so I mean, it was it was then insane i mean do you think there's going to be any any sort of pay uh any anything that they'll have to pay for when the full exposure of what the jabs have done to humanity comes out like will bruce springsteen have to make a statement about it in the future in your view i i think they'll just they'll pay with their legacy i think right. if i'm honest i don't see any of them having to put their hand in their pocket and 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 compensate anyone and i don't see you know a lot of them apologizing um i i think that's that's how they end up paying i mean for me like as someone that grew up with nirvana and then obviously then the foo fighters for me dave grohl paid not that he would even care about this but he paid with his legacy in terms of my view of him completely um i would say the same with people like eddie vedder you know um these are people i grew right. up absolutely adoring um, and then Eddie Vedder's out there playing stuff, you know, um, vaccine concerts sponsored by Gavi and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, you know, I'm eight now I'm, I'm out, I'm out. Um, and so if enough people do that, which, which I think they will, once the whole full scale of it comes out, which, which it is to a certain extent, it is slowly coming out. Um, then I think that's the price they pay. And that's a huge price. 
I think, because I think once these people become so massive and they make so much money, like how much more money do you need, mate? Like you, you need another another car, another yacht. I don't think so. So then, what they have is they have this this adoration and this this legacy of 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 being an absolute you know don. And losing that is is probably far worse for them than than them having to write any checks to anyone. To be honest, you would think so. I mean, the only good thing about success is you have uh, well, not the only good thing, but one of the main good things in my view is you have escape velocity. You can afford to do that. You can afford to buck the system and actually provoke a real change. I mean, if Dave Grohl would have come out and said, hey, I think we need to question this at that time, that would have been massive, you know, and then whatever slings and arrows he would have taken, he could have easily weathered that storm without, you know, going hungry, for instance. I mean, yeah. I did it. I came I came out hard early on. I mean, I heard you in an interview talk about how COVID wasn't that big of a test. If you could see through that, it was pretty basic. I mean, you've been steeped, obviously, you know, your heritage. I mean, your dad is the, the one of the most famous, uh, quote unquote, conspiracy theorists of all time. So, I mean, what was it like growing up with that worldview, seeing through like, you know, being steeped in this awareness, I guess? Um, for me, all, all that we were really taught from a very young age was to question everything um absolutely everything and that you know as a kid it begins with your teacher so i used to wind them right up i'm sure by asking questions over and over again yeah but why yeah but why and then you'd end up a lot of the time with the answers were just because it is so well, that's not really good enough we've got to just because it is that is not a good enough answer um and so the older i got that's that's been my my way of looking at things so i i, I would look at stuff and does it stand up to questioning and scrutiny and if it does then so be it that's that's maybe then what happened you know um, and, and I get people say to me, well, not everything's a conspiracy. Not everything's a false flag. Not everything's this and not everything's that. Of course it's not. But how would you know if you didn't look into it? That's the thing. Right. So look into it and then and then you can make a decision based on evidence that you find or whatever, you know. Um, so with COVID early doors, it was, it was, you know, a lot of it was down to the people that were telling me. You know, people like Fauci have a, have a history going back in, in, in into the, you know, the AIDS exactly. epidemic and stuff. And then, you know, people like Bill Gates for crying out loud, you you would you wouldn't trust him to tell you the time. Um and so, you know, when some of these big players are coming out, especially after event two oh one, it was pretty obvious that we were being lied to. But then but then it's a case of right, well, okay, to what extent are we being lied to? You know, I know mm. I'm being lied to, but I don't know to what extent. So for me, in March 2020, I went out, bought a shed load of vitamin D and magnesium and things like that. I was like, right, because I don't know what's going on, but I know I'm being lied to. I know what I'm being told is nonsense. So I'm just going to, you know, stock up on all this. And then within, you know, within a couple of days or maybe a week, it was like, oh, this is just absolute nonsense. This is. Um, and and I, I think what happened then was more and more stuff, people started seeing through it. And, and f certainly in England, it was when they opened up the first time. So, you know, they had the lockdown, which was three weeks to flatten the curve, which became three months and three and a half months or whatever. Then they started to open stuff back up again and people started meeting again. And the amount of times, honestly, I, I heard conversations, whether it be in the supermarket or whatever, and it would be someone saying to the checkout lady, like, do you know anyone? No, do you know? No, I don't know anyone either. Do you know anyone that knows anyone? No, I don't either. And you could see cogs going where people were just mm. starting to go, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and so then they tried to shut everyone back down again. And so they did. They cancelled Christmas and all that sort of stuff that year. And then I think that that was perhaps where they pushed it too far. 
And so certainly in England, you you were having sort of 40, 50,000 people in protests in sort of September, October. That was 500, 600,000 by the next March, April. People were just had enough and just were not having it because they knew they were being lied to. They just didn't know to what extent. And it got to a point in the end, I think, mate, where you've got, and I think we're probably at this point now where I think you've probably got 10% of people still buy it. Like they hook, line and sinker buy it. They will wear a mask and a visor and a freaking crash helmet and they're on their eighth or ninth jab or whatever. And then you've probably got 10%, maybe even 20% perhaps, which are just like, no, this is absolute nonsense. This is is absolute. I'm not having it. You know, it's a scam, total scam. And then you've got this huge group in the middle, which was the most important group really in terms of beating tyranny, because it's all about the numbers that, that didn't really know what was going on, but they knew something was going on. They didn't really understand it. And now they know that they were lied to throughout it. And they've started to now join that, 10 20 percent that knew it was nonsense and so mm. now you, you you know you do just have an isolated 10 percent, i think um that are still going along with it which is mad to me like I, I see i went to the dentist yesterday and there was a woman sat there mask on now like i'm not going to tell people not to wear masks because it annoys me if someone tells me to wear one so i'm just kind of like you do you hun whatever it annoys me the fact that you scare kids and all that sort of stuff walking around with that stupid thing on your face but you do you hun but she was sat there and she had a mask on and her glasses were steamed up and she was sat there reading a magazine, which she couldn't have been reading because her glasses were steamed up. And I was just looking at her like, I actually feel sorry for you now. Like yeah. I was annoyed by it before because I thought what we were you doing was was continuing a charade and continuing the, the the visual the visual aspect of this total scam. But actually now I just look at you and I just think you've probably had five of these jabs at least, yet you're mm -hmm. still sat there. With that over your face, your eyes are steamed up. You, you're not getting enough um, or any real fresh air. And I'm just like, they did an absolute psychological job on you, love. Like they have, they've, they've done yep. you there, and that's horrific. It's unforgivable, actually. It is, it is horrific, actually. And and I agree with you. I feel sorry for those people now. Um, I mean, I I grew up completely differently. My parents are completely on board with the jab stuff, uh, and. I mean, over Christmas, we all spent time together and, um, you know, they got COVID and I didn't, I'm the only one that's not jabbed and I, you know, it's, it, but they still believe in it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's hard to like go back when the emotional stakes of it were so high. I was like you too. I, I went to the vitamin store. I remember I spent like $500 on supplements, just an astronomical amount and started taking cold showers and I quit smoking. And <laughs> after about three weeks, I, I like went up to the Kava bar and there was a Kava bar open like a block away from where I lived. And I just started going there every day and hanging out with people. And we were like, this is nonsense, isn't it? And there was like, yeah, <laughs> this is like. How was that with you uh, and your family, though? Was that, did they try and, like, were they pushing you or were they all right? Because that must be tough. Oh, it was tough. I mean, dude, the, I had, because I started speaking out quite early on. I started speaking out as soon as they set, started suggesting giving it to kids. And I started writing on my social media, like, well, certainly we shouldn't be giving an experimental injection to kids. And there was a ticker tape parade of red flags and ivermectin was being demonized, which was weird. So I really was out the gate early and I just got like bombed on my social media. I had all kinds of people reach out to me and say, you should stop talking. And yeah, my parents were 
uh definitely like what are you doing you're destroying your life what you know it was it was intense but i just kept doubling down on it and it's interesting the way it plays out because there's a lot of people that now sort of speak out on it like you got your bill mars and stuff like that and and actually brett weinstein just put out a tweet saying i think i'm going to delete this tweet where he was supporting the mask wearing thing and uh it's interesting because you have a lot of these people that have become sort of so-called heroes for questioning the thing but they sort of started questioning it after it became fashionable and and you don't want to be yeah. like small about it and go wait why are you getting the credit because it's good that they're doing it i mean bill maher's doing a net positive by questioning it on his massive platform but at the same time you also are like hey i was kind of there early on i mean when it was actually really hard <laughs> to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? my, my attitude towards that is particularly with people like brett is is like that's amazing that you've that you've realized and that's that's great so you you know more people on our side the better but for me you know because you 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 were happy to promote these mandates and all this kind of stuff early doors uh on people like us that were standing up against it um it's great that you've come around to our way of thinking but you don't get to lead the revolution that's how i look at it right you know i, right. I don't think you get to to, to lead a, a revolution that you you joined three years in i don't i don't think that should be how it works really i mean i don't i don't think anyone should be leading anything if i'm honest i think it's all about individuals i think it's always been that um that yeah. we should live our lives as 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 we want the world to be really and then if enough people do that then we're laughing we don't need you know leaders and spokesmen and all these sort of stuff but these people are being elevated to that and that that annoys me a little bit because i feel like the the alternative movement for want of a better term is being co-opted quite a lot by this new mainstream alternative movement that's come along you know suddenly someone like elon musk is a hero and it's like this dude's not a hero mate in in, in i want to talk about that yeah, I want to talk about that at the other side of the break. Yeah, I wrote to Brett actually on that tweet and I said, hey man, better late than never. At least you got there in the end. I wonder how long till you delete tweets supporting Israel's bombing of Gaza. Is it going to be two years from now or sooner? <laughs> kind of. Kind that's of that's the next That's the next one, mate. Israel that's, is the end, of level, the end of level boss, mate. Yeah, let's talk about that on the other side of these words from TNT. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes, um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed 
and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Plug in. Website. TNTradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Well, so it was easy. Uh, you were talking about how COVID was easy mode in a way. And then the division um, charade keeps keeps grinding on down the road with Israel-Palestine. And so the people that were all comfortably aligned for COVID mRNA pushback suddenly splintered again. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is kind of when we came into each other's view because I had the song Cease Fire Now and you were vocal on X about, uh, you know, ceasing fire which just seems basic humanitarian 101 uh politics yeah. aside it's like when when you're talking about kids and, and that many lost lives it's just basic right so were you shocked that um this divided the group of so-called freedom fighters as much as it did i was it, it was um in the uk i mean it split it down the middle like literally straight down the middle and I'll be honest with you, I, th I think, you know, if if um, if Gaza was a, a Christian country or, or or Gaza was a Hindu country, it, basically if it was anything but a Muslim country, not that it is a Muslim country anyway, um, you, you know, there are Christians there. I don't think that the the amount of people would have aligned with Israel that did. But because you've obviously had this whole push of of um, of mass immigration into the UK, which so many of these people are kind of speaking out against, it was sort of, to them, it was kind of like, well, you know, Muslims bad. And that was kind of, that was what was the most kind of frustrating and upsetting thing for me to see was you had so many people that were very much that all lives matter because they'd spoken out against critical race theory and all this kind of stuff, which I completely agree with, all lives do matter. And suddenly, yeah, but not those lives, they're, they're not important. And and so you had a group of people that would that would march in their tens of hundreds of thousands and stand there with a bullhorn because you don't want some kid to have an experimental injection. Whereas on the other hand, you're quite happy to for them to have um, bombs dropped on their head. It it, it's, it was very strange to me. Um, and I you know I, I kind of you know severed ties with with a hell of a lot of people, and it kind of made me question my my judgment of character a bit. Um, but then I kind of then, you know, in reflection, kind of thought to myself, well, hang on a minute, actually, you know, you can be aligned on certain things and then you can not be aligned on other things. And that's just kind of how it is. So maybe don't take it so personally, which I, which I was at first, I think, um, you know, there would have been people that I would have been marching down the streets of London with um, against, you know, COVID mandates and all that sort of stuff that actually, you know, I would have very little in common with in any other way. So it was like, so, you know, maybe don't don't get so angry about it just kind of whatever just you know whatever it is what it is they're not the person you thought they were and that's fine 
you're not the person they thought you were either. I mean, the amount of times I've got messages when I was tweeting about Israel and they were saying, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. It's like, mate, at this point, I think they've killed like 5,000 kids and you're disappointed in me for calling it out. I I don't know, mate. I, I, I think that issue is yours, not mine, if I'm honest, mate. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, like, you know, Israel is the, and I said it just before the break, Israel is the end of level boss. It is. It's like Dr. Robotnik in Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like it is it is the the Gandalf thou shalt not pass. You can talk about this, you can talk about that, you know, you can even talk about the COVID stuff, you can question climate change, you can push back on 15-minute cities and and um you know um digital currencies and all this stuff. There's all these things that you can actually have a, a thing about, and then it comes to Israel and it's like bosh. And you look at the amount of people, RFK Jr., all these other people that are on the, the, on the, the no not when it comes to israel no one questions israel it is the end of level boss and so you ask yourself why a slither of land in the middle east that you can drive around in a day has the power that it has it's it's extraordinary and 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 you know i've had it for years so it it doesn't matter to me and and to be fair that the 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 slur of calling someone an anti-semite for calling out israel doesn't work anymore either that used to work 15 years ago and it and after you know what they did to jeremy corbyn with that whole manufactured anti-Semitism crisis and that sort of stuff, they overplayed their hand with it. So now, yeah. like maybe go back 15 years ago, if someone said, no, you're an anti-Semite, you go, whoa, 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 no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And, and you defend yourself because you like, that's a horrible accusation. That's like being called, you know, a racist or whatever. It's like, no, no, no I'm, I'm not that. Whereas now, you know, you say something against Israel, you call out Netanyahu, who, who is a, a war criminal and a crook, a complete crook, um, provably so. And, and then, they say, oh, this is anti-Semitic. Now you just go, okay, mate, whatever. What isn't? What isn't then? And then you carry on calling out Israel. And that's that's amazing. And so these kind of end-of-level bosses that are stood there in the in the way, I think they're losing. They're losing the battle. But but what is, you know, in terms of, of public opinion, but what is so heartbreaking is, is every single day. I mean, I don't even know what the exact numbers are now. I mean, in fact, I don't think we know the exact numbers of deaths, do we? Because there's so many people still trapped under rubble of buildings. And and it's extraordinary for someone like I, I've I've been into the Israel Palestine stuff since about two thousand and nine. I went out to Israel. I played beach soccer against Israel. Uh, we went to Jerusalem, and I kind of saw what was going on. And it didn't add up with what I was seeing on the telly in terms of how it is over there. And I was like, but that's not what I saw. And and so I started looking into it more, and I ended up working a bit with some Palestinian charities. And I took plenty of grief for that and all that sort of stuff. I had to get a restraining order against this guy in London who was threatening my work when I was working for Virgin Active, a gym group, because I donated some money to some kids, which he called terrorists. This is just this is just what happens. You know, it's just absolute in, insanity. And so a lot of people don't realize just what the deal is with Israel and just what happens in Gaza. The the fact that these that these kids, you know, the fact that it is fifty percent kids, forty eight percent kids um there and, and that are just being bombed the fact that israel controls everything it controls down to the down to the number of calories how much food is allowed in for these people to eat and you say that to some people and they go nah nonsense it's like mate this is this, this is they're not even denying it like this is a, this isn't just me you know coming up with some stuff that i found on the back of a, of a cigarette packet this is literally this is the truth of it this is how it is um and and so you say say to these people i don't condone october 7th i don't condone that at all killing killing civilians is well killing anyone's wrong but killing civilians is, is doubly wrong for me at least um 
But at the same time, what are you expecting people to do? Are you expecting people not to fight back? Right. In the end, they're going to fight back. And and yeah. it's not going to be pretty. And it wasn't pretty. And and what I would suggest happened on October the 7th, in fact, I think it's pretty obvious what happened, is that they were allowed to do it. It was allowed mm. to happen. Because this Obviously. is the thing, you know, if you if you if you want to kill if you want to assassinate a president, you don't need to assassinate the president. You just take away the president's security and you just sit back and wait. And it will happen because there will be people out there that want to kill that president. So you just, you know, you just pull the security. It happens on, on almost every assassination. The security is pulled or security um, is changed last minute or whatever. There's always something going on with that. And so that's exactly what they did. They pulled the security on the border wall and sat back and waited. And there you have it. And then it's given them the excuse to absolutely massacre tens of thousands of people and also open the door for World War Three, which is what they want anyway. They want Iran, you know, and everything that comes with that. It's it's the world's run by psychopaths, man. Yeah, it's kind of clear now. I mean, and the U.S. response to Yemen pulling sanctions yeah. on Israel is is insane. It's just like wow uh that's how deep you don't want a ceasefire to happen i guess that's that's crazy i you know i felt the same way about speaking out about you know saying ceasefire i felt as comfortable saying that and having the slings and arrows come my way as i did about the covid stuff and it was i could relate it exactly to that and i would just say to people that called me anti-semitic like you're joking man my heroes are it's kind of goofy to say this but it makes the point my heroes are lou reed bob dylan i mean not that i have heroes but if i have heroes they're lou reed bob dylan and leonard cohen <laughs> you know they're all jews it's like i don't hate jewish people i love jewish people what are you talking about you know it, yeah it, it, they, yeah. they but they always conflate things like that anyway like when you when you were like hey i don't trust bill gates maybe we should question this experimental injection well then you're a grandma killer you know hey i don't want yeah. them to just relentlessly be, be bombing children in gaza well then you're anti-semitic it's it doesn't make any sense and yeah a lot of friends would go like no they have to man these people are barbarian it was the dehumanization the obvious dehumanization yeah. of of those people that was the most striking to me and that people couldn't see that that was exactly the same tactics the nazis used i mean oh yeah yeah it, it's, 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 it that's stunning the they called them animals openly on television right. you know animals it's like, what? think about the words you're saying these are children nearly 50 percent right. of these people are children they're, they're just kids what do you mean animals like what is wrong with you and you know you're gonna any any population is going to have good bad and indifferent people that's just how it works you know so so to to claim that all jews are this or all muslims are this or all people from saudi arabia are this is just so stupid it's and, and it's, it's, it's idiotic yes it's, it's insane and you know for me like yeah. i've i've worked with with these palestinian charities for a long time so i've got you know a few friends that that are there which i talk to regularly and so you know when when um when it was really kicking off you know and, and people were coming to me and just saying yeah but, but this is just pallywood like this is you don't know what's going on you don't know the figures this is nonsense there i'm like and, and and you know there's numbers being reported by the bbc and what have you and my friends are, uh, over there are saying mate this is they're not they're, they are under reporting it insanely like this mm. is just you know horrific and then and so you know they're being bombed you know every single day 
Um, and I'm chatting to my mate Mohammed, who's just one of these guys, and he's just like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to see tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to see tomorrow. This is like a daily conversation that we're having. Yeah, you know, like my my sister died a few weeks ago, and Mohammed was so one of the sorry. first messages. He, he was the thanks, man. He he was one of the first messages that I received. Private messages like, mate, I'm so sorry for your family. I was like, your house is being bombed, man. Like your streets are being bombed. Like I don't even know how many relatives you've lost in 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 the last five months, four months. Yet you're one of the first people to message me. That's not that's not an animal. That's 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 no. that's a decent human being. That's amazing, you know. Exactly. And, and the place is full of these people, and everyone's turning the other way while they're being massacred. It's I don't know how people can sleep at night with that with that conscience. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand how you can be so indifferent to the slaughter of children. That's real dark, man. It's it's crazy dark, and people that should know better frankly i mean it's going to go the same way covid's going i mean eventually i think people are going to be embarrassed that they ever supported it that's my opinion i i think oh, it's I think obvious so it's just to me it seems obvious so how are you dealing with such a huge loss man i mean is it making you rethink what life is about i mean are you are you having a lot of deep thoughts about your own existence and the nature of reality as a result of losing your sister i mean that's terrible i really i'm sorry that uh, she's very young and you're I'm very kind young, of so a bit all over the shop if i'm honest mate like i've kind of mm -hmm. i've not um processed it at all and the family hasn't processed it at all um and so it's kind of like i'm angry and then i'm sad and then I'm confused and I go back to being angry again and it's kind of yeah it's a weird one it's it's a, it's a real weird one and like I had this conversation with my brother a couple of days ago because it was her funeral on Tuesday and we'd kind of hoped that the funeral would be we would not closure because you know it doesn't work like that right. but but that you would have some kind of a little more understanding of of what's happened and in terms of your mental processing of it and then you go right okay we go on you know we go on and 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 you know but it didn't happen it didn't work like that at all and um yeah i messaged my brother and, and he messaged me the same it's just like man i'm still just as confused about everything you know it's a strange one it's not it's not sunk in yet but that will take that takes time you know it's it's a, it's a weird one but she wouldn't it want takes, us wallowing around anyway but you know right it takes years to process death i think man because it's, it's just too abstract and intense and weird and you know we're all heading there as well you know it's yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's, the, it's i think also one. like it's the it's the you know the fact me and my brother raced down to the isle of white and we got there you know like 10 minutes before and you know that like the guy the guy there was like you know she was waiting for you and and that's happened to me twice in my life um where i've got there you know in with minutes and and it's literally happened like that um another was a friend called kerry she was a guy same name as my sister and it's wow. that is a kind of a weird thing because then yeah then you have the the question of you know how much is the mind in control of the body if you have the ability to literally control it to such a point where you will wait until you know you've said goodbye and stuff like that like that stuff and this guy at the hospital he's mainstream like you know he's a hospital guy he's, he's a mainstream guy and he was like for me he was like when you work in this job as long as i have and he said you see this every single day every wow. single day where people just wait until and then they say the goodbye and then and then they go it's kind of like a a crazy thing which i guess kind of 
I mean, my mind was always open to there being something more anyway. But 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 if you're not, if you're relatively closed-minded, then that is kind of quite an eye-opener, I think, for you um, in terms of just exactly what we are really, you know, and where we're going, which none of us know, you know. I think it's, it's, it's the one question we'll never know until we walk down that path, isn't it? But yeah, but it's it's a strange one, man. I've not quite got my head around it, really. Yeah, well, again, I'm really sorry for your loss, man. Um, I don't think death is the end. I, it doesn't make sense that we would go through all this. I mean, life is too difficult, and we're clearly evolving towards something. It seems like the the sort of surrendering of this false self into ultimate reality of present moment awareness and consciousness and i feel like we ultimately arrive at that place when our body falls away and you could call it god i guess yeah no i i, I think so i don't i don't you know follow any organized religion which which gets you ear all grief nowadays in the alternative movement if you're not a christian you know you're if you're, <laughs> you're not, not christian, you're, you're not into jesus Garrett. Yeah. how dare you yeah. what the hell man um, what the hell? Hey, dude, look, you don't have your membership cross. <laughs> oh, mate, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, but I, I, I'm open to to everything. You know, I'm not, um, I'm certainly not a worm food guy, like in the slightest. Right. You know, I know people yeah. that are, and I, I think, man, what? That doesn't what, make sense. It doesn't make sense, no, and it just feels quite de depressing as well. But, um, you know, I think that, I, I felt the whole through the whole way through the kind of COVID stuff, really, you know, when stuff was getting really, really spicy and, and, you know, for me, I was like, you mentioned earlier, you were talking about musicians that, that basically they almost have a, a, a duty because they have a freedom to say stuff and they never, they, you know, they don't have to worry about paying the mortgage or whatever. That's how I felt massively throughout the Rona was that I was going to protest and I was speaking out, but I was getting pro private messages from people that I know that, you know, mate, I'm with you, but, I can't say it publicly because I'll lose my job or, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I was like, okay, that's annoying. I wish you would, but okay, I'll speak doubly loud then because there's actually a responsibility now because I work for myself and so I'm not going to fire myself. So, um, you know, I felt a responsibility to do that and to speak out more and to be more, you know, blah, 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 uh, um, about that. And, um, you know, I've kind of totally lost my train of thought. What was the, what was the question before that? I was going somewhere. I don't know that you felt, I, I guess, just the, you know, the ultimate reality of where we're going to when we die, but that you felt like uh, responsible because you, you're so. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, you're, a, you're a leader. I, I know you don't like leaders, but you are one. Anyway, keep going now that you got well, it. Well, I went on a tangent. I went, I did a Ross Noble there, basically. I did a Ross <laughs> Noble comedy where I flitted around and I lost where I was. <laughs> but, no, what, what, what it I sounded felt, good. <laughs> what I felt at these protests. Was that same kind of air of responsibility of okay i need to be there i need to speak up i need to speak up loud because i i have very little to lose in comparison to a lot of these other people but there were so many other people then that were coming to these protests that were you know kind of struggling with it like they'd lost family members in terms of not speaking to them anymore you know they'd lost i, I remember one woman she turned up and she like uh, she'd left her husband it was literally like that big a deal like you know wow and and that was kind of crazy. And I remember having conversations with them and they were trying to compute what was going on. And I was saying, you know, I do feel like we chose it. Like we chose to come here at this space mm. in time, that it was a decision that was made in some realm far, far away. And that actually, yeah, no, I'm up for that scrap. Yeah. It's almost like you put your hand up. Yeah, I'll go down and scrap that one. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go down. 
Um, and I, I honestly do believe that as far out as that might sound to some people, but I've, I've always believed that, that we chose it. We chose to be here at this time because it's a significant time. It's, I mean, in terms of humanity, it's, it's a huge, huge time because if we lose this, it's, you know, humanity's done. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I kind of, you know, yeah, I went around the sun to get to the moon with that whole I conversation. I love that. It was worth it. It was worth it because that's inspiring, man. It's like super self accountable. It makes us, you know, warriors of light in a way. And I, and I, I think, you know, that might sound cheesy, but it's true. I'm up for the scrap as well. And I want to talk about a lot of your work that you're doing in that regard, right after these words on TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. Uh, animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been long for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into the unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom and your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. You're with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So you were talking about how we chose this time to be here. I I love that idea. I think there's truth to it. Um, I like the idea that God never gives us anything we can't handle. And I mean, I, I don't know. There's There's some sort of moral urgency to live upright and to fulfill your potential that I feel constantly. And when I'm doing that, I'm basically in a state of peace. And when I'm not doing that, I'm miserable. So... I don't know what the, you know, and I see you as somebody who is working across many sort of different spectrums. You're a musician, you're an athlete, um, you, you're doing talk shows and stuff like that. Um, is it important for you to have all the different elements of your life line up? Like for me, athletics is really important. It's important that I go to yoga and do cold plunge and stuff like that so I can get my head right um and meditate and all that do you do you take life on like that do you do a full routine every day and i know you're a father as well but you're also a renaissance man how, um, how do you balance all that uh with great difficulty to be honest mate right. with great difficulty right. but i am i am i am doing my best and actually my, my my wife and a friend of mine who 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 actually makes these um these ice bath things conspired at christmas to get me in one of them each day so i've managed to do one a day since just to try and sort my head out you know and and actually you know because i can be a bit of because i've got so many things going on um 
I'm I'm generally quite well organized, but in the last sort of few months, because everything's been kind of crazy, I have become a bit of a fly in a greenhouse, sort of just sort of bouncing around left, right and center and not doing anything particularly well. Um, so actually in in like this New Year's resolution is very much to kind of try and find joy in stuff for one. So stop being such a Mardi ass because I get a place and then I'm no good to anyone and myself. Um, and and to basically structure stuff better. Yeah, to be honest. So for me, I find it's interesting because I, I love ice hockey. Like, I loved football when I was younger, but I love ice hockey. And then, you know, you, you tweet about it and someone will jump on it and it's like, oh, it's bread and circuses. It's like, yeah, I know it is, mate, but I like bread and I like circuses. And as long as I know it's bread and circuses, that's absolutely fine. So I, I, I've gone back to playing ice hockey and I absolutely love that. And that does loads for my, for my mental health and in terms of just clearing it out so that then you can go, right, now I'm ready to focus on stuff that really matters because me skating around with a load of sweaty blokes isn't exactly important, but it kind of, it, it, it helps you physically for one. Um, I was going to say health-wise, but sometimes when you get smashed about, it doesn't really help that much health-wise. But, um, but then that kind of clears my head so that then when you're going and, and interviewing some of the people that I'm interviewing, as you must find when you do it, like some of the stories are like hella upsetting, to be honest. And, and unless you're a complete, you know, stone wall you take that on i don't know if you take it on like I, I do like i'll talk to someone about stuff that's like you know whether it be someone who's who's lost the relative to the vaccine or whatever or someone who's vaccine and they're clearly struggling and you know and people break down and they cry in interviews and stuff you take that on and then i go away and i'm literally like just sat there sometimes in the gallery like man this is this is horrendous you know and it's like if i do that every day i will just take so much on that in the end i will just I, you know, you just sit down and go, oh man, I can't do this. And so, you know, doing the ath ath athletic stuff and, and all that kind of stuff that, that helps loads, you know, and also coming back to the kids who are both absolute maniacs, but they kind of, they ground you in a way as well. I mean, you've, you've got um, a nipper who's the same age, basically as my youngest, mm -hmm. haven't you? and they do ground you. They do ground you as, as mad as they are yeah well i mean i you know i spend half the week looking after her basically so it's like you know like you can't really do a whole lot else so i mean i'm going to the park three times a day we go to the you know we go to museums the museum of natural history like all, all kinds of different indoor play creative areas and you know, every now and again, I can look at X and tweet or something or think about other things or make a call or send a file, this, that, and the other. But by and large, I'm basically in daddy mode, you know? And I mean, to yes. get, I hear what you're saying, though, about balance and this day and age that we're living where the, the distractions are coming so fast and furious. I think that's almost the psyop because awareness and attention really is our superpower so lately for the last sort of six months or so i make sure i start my day i try to write a little bit when i first wake up i really resist going on social media and then i make sure to have at least like an hour where i don't have any phone and i'm really just trying to sit in presence and observe my mind you could call it shadow work or observe the contents of my mind so i'm disidentifying with thoughts because we have the two operating systems of thought-based operation and then observation-based operation or like i look at it like you know your life is like a tv and you're in the tv show 
when you're in your thoughts. And then when you're sort of enlightened or in presence, you're on the couch watching it and you have the remote control and you can turn the volume down. You know what I mean? That analogy. And it, and the more time you spend on the couch in this analogy, the couch is actually a good thing. Um, the, the more that becomes home base and you can operate your life in the TV show a lot better. It helps organize everything. Do you do a practice yeah. like that? Yeah. No, not I, I don't do that much um, visualization apart from to be honest when I'm when I'm doing these ice baths because I'm literally I have to go off somewhere else because I am freezing my mm -hmm. off so I, I literally you know go off into another place otherwise I, I wouldn't be in there um, but I've I've kind of lived with a balance I remember like talking to my dad years and years ago and he was saying like you need to find a balance between trying to change the world and and make a difference on that level. Um, and seeing how you know what the football scores were and and what you right. tend to have is you have mo most most people live in the what's the football score or or what was on um you know what did you see the last episode of friends yeah i saw it was great that kind of stuff but then you have another group which are you know you see a hell of a lot of them on x they're the kind of ones that think that me and my dad are transgender freemasons those types right that they go mm. so far down the rabbit hole that there is nothing else it's literally just it's just this um and there is no kind of foot in any other sort of world really and and i find that 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 wouldn't work well for me so it's kind mm -hmm. of like you know just having you know one one foot in 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 this or maybe most of you may be in this area but you know at least a foot or an arm in in, in the friends, kind of reruns yeah yeah kind of yeah i mean i'm not using it to friends but you, but you, yeah yeah it's a phrase i liked phrase or time with your kid yeah fraser is better or time just time with your kid yeah and, and just and just enjoying life i mean i don't know if you caught wind because you know speaking of your dad and then the whole like you know his, his sort of you know assertion that there was other forces and people would say oh he said lizard people but it's interesting what you know tucker carlson recently came up talking about the aliens and how it was so disturbing what he had found out he didn't even want to tell his wife and that there was you know i guess supernatural beings already among us that were making deals with the government at, you know and that's how we were getting our technology and the, the government was allowing them essentially to you know kidnap some of the kids or whatever i mean i went down some rabbit holes and and investigated what tucker might have been talking about and that was sort of where i arrived at i don't know if that's what it was but he was going on that there was something so disturbing which he found credible which you know sort of that aliens were here among us already what what's your take on that do you think that we're going to find uh a sort of confrontations with strange beings in the next few months or years i wonder how much um of this is preparing us for a disclosure though because for me like the fake alien invasion is is that that's the that's the final one you know like if if covid didn't work which it didn't to a certain degree it failed and then all these wars and then climate change and, and that stuff that's not really flying mm -mm. People aren't really buying that. So now they're going to try this disease. And it's like, well, if disease X doesn't work, just throw in the fake alien invasion, guys. And that's how we'll get our one world government and our one world army and our one world bank and all this kind of stuff, you know? So whilst I do believe that there are other entities and there's a load of stuff going on completely, when it comes out of the mainstream, which 
to be honest, Tucker is mainstream, you know, all those years at Fox and, and they were, they were doing a lot of disclosure stuff when he was at Fox. I kind of, I don't know, maybe I've got my tinfoil hat on, but I, I, I kind of feel like we're having our bellies sort of softened up a little bit for the potential of that, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's, there's other, other, um, other beings here. I mean, that there's, you know, for one thing that, the world is run by people that are completely anti-human that's that's i mean that's become more and more obvious um even even on on a base level of looking at people's reaction to what's happening to kids in gaza i mean it's, there's no humanity to people's reaction right. to it so the idea that a world with very little humanity would be controlled at least in part by people that aren't human isn't that's not too far-fetched for me really it might be for no. some people but but I also or think psych a lot of people, psychopaths, you know, psychopaths. I mean, psychopaths exist, and they and they might be running things, right? I mean, and we're and we're confronted yeah. on the face of it with this battle between good and evil. Where I mean, that's one thing that I think a, a lot of people couldn't see through COVID because they couldn't, you know, the greatest trick the devil have ever played was making you believe he didn't exist. They they just couldn't imagine evil existing on this scale basically. And I think that is being uncovered as we speak. Oh, absolutely. But that's, that's, that's the argument for most things. I mean, I remember on nine 11, it was the same. They wouldn't do that. It's like, no dude, you wouldn't do that. That's right. That's, that's not, it's not the same thing. You know, there are what, what psychopaths are, are capable of and what you and me and Dave next door are, uh, are capable of are not the same thing. And, and I think <laughs> COVID opened a lot of people's eyes up to that. To be honest i mean i remember seeing a meme and it was like a point of view image of a guy driving a car and it was a cow flying through the sky and it was like i was going to say something but it's 2020 in it and it's like that was sort of just how it became for people so now i think <laughs> if you went to someone five years ago and said oh what about this they go mate you need locking up whereas now if you went to them and said the same thing they might go i don't know to be honest mate maybe because maybe I last three years would happen i didn't think i'd be walking around tesco's following arrows on the floor with a visor on like a prat but i did so right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah i mean that's one good thing that's happening is people's ex consciousness is expanding and the birthing pains of that are extreme and sacrificial and weird but you know hey man yeah. i'm just glad you're out there doing what you're doing you're doing a great job and uh you know we're we're honing it in all the time you know the world of distractions it's uh it's it's a crazy work in progress i thought like i was going to oh, be man. retired by this age and just like i don't know chilling but it, nothing could be further from the truth tell everyone like where to find you and all your channels and everything that you're doing so i'm on um x I always say for now because you know i don't believe in 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 free speech when these people are telling me it's a free speech platform so you never know um but i'm on x um as just gareth ike and then um on iconic.com i've got you know a couple of podcasts on there and the and the gareth ike tonight show which is a weekly interview show so I interview loads of different people whistleblowers from from all over the world and stuff and then i've got a youtube channel called ike walks which is um basically it's just a lots of walks through the countryside loads of ancient history and stuff like that which is completely different again it's another one of those things i do to keep myself sane and also i just love history man that's awesome well keep doing it i hope i get to come on your show sometime and uh definitely we'll i love it that. all again and uh you got to come back on here because i want to talk about elon musk we never even got to that there's just too much to get to thanks for coming on gareth i hope you enjoyed yourself 
Loved and, it, mate. Uh, yeah, man. All right. Keep listening, everybody. We'll be back with more after these words on TNT. Thank you.